Welcome to The Floss, the self-help show for people that probably don't need it. You can follow the show on Instagram at The Floss Pod or subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Floss Pod. If you do something that you think everyone should do or that nobody should do, email it to us at theflosspod at gmail.com. We might read it. I'm your host, Gabe Gary. So, John, is there something you do that you think nobody should be doing? Something I do that I, I wouldn't want anybody to do or to engage in is just uh, the opposite of what I was doing before I did comedy, which is just to uh, procrastinate. Procrastinate. Okay, here we go. You know what I mean? To put things off, to think you have tomorrow or later to do something. What are you procrastinating right now? Because I know you. we all are. Putting in, sending out uh, dates for, for comedy. I have to do some uh, stuff with the room at Hatfields, the, the open mic that I, I run. I'm supposed to be setting up some shows on Saturday. I've been putting that off. Uh, I got kicked in the dick uh, with the legal system trying to get custody of my kids, or not even custody, but but um, but just um, the legal right to see them. And welcome to being a, a dad mm-hmm. when you're not married. This gets into some manosphere shit uh, and red pill shit. I don't subscribe to a lot of stuff that red pill people uh, get into, but I do know where some of that comes from because even though men do run the world and we, like we were talking about misogyny and women, um, you know, getting paid less and this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 there's still a certain aspect of being a man that you can get taken advantage of and nobody prepares you for it and nobody talks about it. And so it's kind of like... I mean, if we want to go off in another tangent with politics, uh, with Trump and white people and white men specifically, why a lot of white men get into like uh, right leanings and things like that is because, yeah, white men run the world and and shit like that. But when you're a human being on an individual level and you're still dealing with things as a human being, when somebody's constantly telling you that. You got it better than everybody else. After yeah. a while, you're going. It's going to be some pushback. I am not caping for white men. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just using that as a, as an analogy. And it's the same thing with dads, and it's the same thing with men when you're in relationships with women. Yes, we can overpower women. Yes, men manipulate women, kill women, rape women too. But the amount of men who've been manipulated into having kids or into taking care of kids that aren't theirs or who get taken for their money or these divorce settlements. And, and, and because it's so uneven that men have been manipulating and using women for so long that if you build, if you bring up any type of abuse that happens to men, then people shrug it off. Like, Oh, just deal with it. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's also very funny that you bring up those white dudes who like the red pill dudes, because they are also like very, very adamant that um, men are being ruined yeah. by by feminine, like men are being turned I into women. I joke that I'm doing like that now, um, like, like feminists are ruining the country. But my like- feminine side is one of the things that helps me get a lot of things done. I can't wait to have kids because I want, I oh dude, being a stay at home dad would be fucking amazing. Dirt. I want to, I want to be in there with like I have a lot of like because my mom did a lot of raising us because my dad was working all the fucking yeah. time. So like I have a lot of like motherly instincts. I can never be a mother. Like that's just like something like that doesn't we can't do that. But like, and women have to have a lot of masculine 
some of it is just too. some of it is just uh, parental traits. Period. You know what I mean? Sure. It's not necessarily a man tapping into his uh, femininity. It's just you being a parent and some of it ain't even being a parent it's just having empathy for your for another human being let alone this human being that you created you know what i mean it's some it's so much stuff that comes naturally that you don't think will come naturally and then on the flip side of that coin with women being afforded this benefit of the doubt of being these nurturers and i i know a handful of them that i've talked to and cool people but they're mothers and they're just like I don't necessarily like being a parent after this child comes a certain age. I'm I'm not having any more kids. You know what I mean? So women don't necessarily always have no. that motherly thing that kicks in the same way that men don't have that, you know, rolling stone of, all right, yeah. you you pray you you got the kid, I'm out. You know what I mean? So I just I just wish the the law was um just like anything else in just Western culture and what we deal with in this country, everything is so blanketed that it's not dealt with on a on a case by case individual well, basis. Well, those systems, while well, they are systems, they're made up of individual humans and how they feel psychologically. A judge, a judge who was raised by his mother or raised by their father, or treated badly by one parent or another. That singular judge is going to have how that judge feels about their parents is going to have more of an effect yeah. on the outcome of your hearing than anything else, and that's just that's just that's, and, we're human beings, and that's just how. And it that's is. if you and that's and that's getting to the judge. Sure. I mean, I there's sure so works. much shit that you got to do before you even because I, if all goes well, I I won't even see a judge. I mean, you got to get a lawyer on retainer. You got to get all these papers, and then they they refer you to family court and then when you have a family court it's a mediator so you know what i mean that that's another thing no i don't, <laughs> I don't know uh, yeah well this is what i've learned being in this process <laughs> okay so you're procrastinating a whole list of things you just listed out and uh the thing that sucks is that i'm sure a lot of those things is just a phone call or an email yeah yeah i was just listening to, i always bring this up uh, I hope my podcast stuff don't get redundant, but I'm a big comedy fan. I'm a big Bill Burr stan, and I was nobody's just, listening to every podcast episode you're on. They're not. God, do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. No, but uh, okay. So I'm a big Bill Burr fan, and I was listening to his podcast, and he was talking about that as far as addressing things and how you look at these problems as being a mountain but when you actually address them it's just the curb that you need to step up on it's just a fucking and and when he said that when he made that visual analogy that really really uh to your point of what you said it did it, it just hit me in my head like yeah you're um you're putting the i'm putting the pussy on a pedestal you know what i mean Dude, you could knock all that out in a saturday morning but as soon as you do the next okay What's next? Now I got to wait for all those responses, and now you're stressed out about that. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, I mean, yeah, it's it's you could consider that procrastinating. You could consider that stressful, but like that's working. Yeah. Like I like I said, like my dad worked a lot. I mean, we, we I mean we still hung out and like we saw him, but like I was raised in a family that works. So now, what do I do with my time? I fucking work. If I'm not busy, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm just waiting for something to come to me. No, I have to be busy all the time. I'm either doing a show or I'm doing this or I'm spending time with my girlfriend, which is like, I mean, that's a thing you have to commit time to. It's a whole nother way. That's it's a whole it's, nother work. <laughs> it's work. But no, it is I know work. what you mean. Trust me. I grew up in a, um, in a, 
uh, household that that gave me a good worth at good work ethic. And uh, at first, it was just a single mother thing, so I saw that part of it. Mm-hmm. So, and then when my mom got married to my stepdad, and he's probably one of the hardest working men I've ever known. So then that got ingrained in me. And then even my real dad. I mean, he was a, a blue-collar worker for a while. He's re- retired now because he hurt his back. But, you know, I come from a lot of workers, too, so I had that ingrained in me. But one of the problems, too, and this kind of got me into the comedy, and this is what happened to um, black people in my generation and kind of just this, especially your generation, too, just people all around. We had this dream sold to us of if you work hard, you'll get this and that. Right. And I, I had got to that point in my mid-30s of I was always a good worker no matter where I worked. I can still count the number of times on my hand that I've called off. Mm-hmm. I was not yeah. one of those type of people. I mean, I worked two jobs forever. The pandemic, I was joking with somebody, one of the silver linings was that was the first time I got good sleep in so long. Yeah, you talked about that like every Thursday. Yeah. God bless this. Yeah, yeah. Because, so I was just go, go, go. So I did have this work thing in me, but then I started to get in disillusion. Like, when you see certain people start to ascend or pass you, or even outside of that, just realizing that all this hard work that I'm doing still isn't making me more money. It's not making me happier. Just follow your dreams because if you don't, you're just going to end up working to end up living, just to end up working, just to end up living. And you, you, and you get into the But the, isn't the cycle. that not the – like all of this shit, you, we, we fill our schedules with comedy. We, we keep ourselves busy from the – I mean even when we're at our day jobs – or, you know, with our family, we're thinking about the next gig. That's just filling time in our brain. Yeah. But and then, it, but they, it, and then for that 15 minutes, your brain's off. And then as soon as you get off, you're just like, okay, what is my next job? It's a, it's still a fruitfulness to it, though. It's still, you're still fulfilling agree. something. You're not, you're not Dude, stacking boxes. You know what I fucking hate? When people are on Twitter, it's like, I think everybody should not have to work and just have their needs fulfilled automatically. And to us I know what they mean. Yeah. They mean we shouldn't have to work to have our needs fulfilled. But what they're saying is I don't want to work and I think it's unfair that I have to work. Yeah. And if you truly like if you can't apply yourself in any way to leave your house and do a job there's no reason, like, what reason do you have to live? Yeah. I'm not saying kill yourself, but it should have popped. It probably popped into your head a couple times. <laughs> well, there, there's, there's two sides to that coin. So there's, there's the, there's my leftist side of that. That is, it's like, always the leftist. The, though. Yeah. And guess what? You have to guess what communism expects of its citizens. Oh, work, yeah, work. But, but no. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Part of that is. We as a society are more productive than at any other time in human history. And one of the things that was promised to generations in the 40s, 50s, and 60s was as time progressed and everything got more productive, we would have four 
three two-day work weeks. Sure. You know what I mean? But what happened with capitalism is since they just got more juice out of the fruit, they just kept yeah. squeezing right. the fruit. So there is one side of it that people are like, we're so efficient as a species, we don't have to work the way we work. There's a guy who wrote a book, uh, Just it's, it's about bullshit jobs, which like when you get into the, quote, good jobs, where there's so many cubicle so jobs that really work. don't have to exist, but you just have this job to exist so so there's a truth to that now there's another truthfulness to what you're addressing and i completely understand that there's people who are so young and who have not really worked that much anyway that they're not even so much talking about the idealism of not letting capitalism crush you you just don't want to do shit yes both sides of that are completely true we 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 should not be working the way we work we should not be killing ourselves for this shit but at the same time as a human being, you do have to find your way through this world. You do have to put one foot in front of the other. You do have to sow the seeds to your own future. You have to do something. And and being fed all these images of I can be just this beautiful person or if, or this influencer or if I just get with the guy who will take care of me or even dudes who, you know, get with the sugar mama Dude. or just, you know, hop from couch to couch with these bitches. So, um. Oh fuck! I forgot what I was gonna bring up. But um, you know, little ones. I was gonna bring up the fact that you know this is technically gonna be. I'm gonna categorize this under self help. But again, I want to reiterate: if you need self help podcast, you're never gonna help yourself. So you could stop listening. <laughs> so you're gonna uh, be in the self help section. Some yeah. self. Some person who needs to. Help is going to listen to this and then well, get condescending to oh by you dude, and then oh, go kill themselves. Who gives a fuck, dude? When if you click a kill po- yourself, if you click a podcast about proc- how to fix your procrastination, make a to do list, break it down into the little curbs, not mountains. It's one foot after like everything you said was, dude, fucking awesome, and I agree with it one hundred percent. And guess how you figured it out? Yeah, on your own. Yeah. You didn't see an Instagram slideshow and then read an article and then... You want to know what I did used to do, though, before Google, because I'm old? I would smoke a blunt. I would go to the bookstore, go uh, get an espresso, the old uh, hippie speedball, as they call it, and then go to the self-help section, and I would just, I would just consume... One of the one of the biggest books that that helped me it was this tiny book I got and it was in my late teen years and it was um the wow, wow forgot the fucking name of it but it was basically uh, the it was either the key to uh, self confidence or something like that but just very matter of fact straight to the point but the the baseline shit that I read and learned in that book I carry with me to this day now I don't I don't quote it I don't go back to quote it verbatim but some of the things that he just he outlined in that. Um, one of which, like, do, never compare yourself to other people. Don't get into things like that. Uh, just inter- of joy. Yeah, in- interpersonal relationships and how to just um, certain traps that you start getting into that if you feel yourself doing it, and, and even if you're not pulling yourself out of it, at least being aware that you're doing it So and, and know that this is negative behavior and it's uh, detrimental to what you want to do. But little books like that, like... Dude, how many people's therapy bill did you just cover by reading that book? I learned more about how to operate within my life from a book on how to write movies than I do from other people. Yeah. Because... 
I don't know. I don't know why. Because the people who write those books are just smart people. Well, and it's and it's very mechanical the way it's laid out. And one of the things I love about nonfiction is that it's it's pretty much like a collection of essays. So mm-hmm. I can I can I can pick it up and put it down, no matter if it's like a, a day or a week or even more. And then the continuity is still there for my brain. Do you like Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah. Yeah. Have you read? Talking to Strangers. No, I haven't read that one, dude. No, no. I have. You can borrow it if you want. Yeah. It is awesome. It's so cool. What was the one that got me into him? It was um. Well, all of outliers. Books, uh, the one. The what was the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just because the thing that I like how he addressed in that too was that a lot of these people. Yes, you are good. Yes, you apply yourself, but just. When Bill Gates was born and being able to capitalize off of what, when computers were really starting to ramp up and just basically right place, right time. But he didn't boil no it. No more of that shit. <laughs> but he didn't boil it down so for it to sound like it was very, you don't have ownership in your success. But it still acknowledges the external factors that are there that help. Everything. I mean, even like we were talking about with comedy, one of the reasons I wanted to get into it is because it's very feasible for me to do it as a young man in this city. Mm-hmm. If I was somewhere else, or if I was a you know a woman in El Salvador, I wanted to be a comedian. <laughs> like, like yeah, I'm not, we do have a few of those. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna say not try, but w- when you do have enough. Of the wind on your back, you got to take advantage of it, even if it That's doesn't. That's what feel I like wanted it. to ask you about in terms of procrastination, and I'll probably move this around up to the front of the podcast. Um, you're an older guy for this for the for the time you've been doing comedy. Yeah. Um, do you feel this helps you? Yeah, it definitely does because I mean I've had some heartbreak, and I mean we all have, but. We were having a conversation, listeners, uh, about just our parents. And one of the things you learn about your parents in your adult years is you get to relearn them because when you're just a kid, you just know them as authority figures. But then you get to know them as people when you're getting older and you're realizing that they were learning while they were raising you. Just winging that shit. And that's how it is when you start off in comedy, if you start off in your late teens or your 20s, is you're learning as you're learning life. I didn't learn the comedy, but I learned a lot of life. Mm -hmm. So when you go to apply the comedy, I have a foundation of a bunch of uh, failures or successes that you can go to. And with comedy, it's the failures that that's the funny. Well, some of the, it's, it's that tragedy is it, and you don't want it. Believe me, I don't want any more tragedy and eventually it will break you. But some of the bad stuff is what puts you, I, I I call it the, the, it's a a form of self therapy, the superhero origin story. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the thing that makes you an X-Man as a comic. And, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because the one of the one of the commonalities I've seen in comics, especially good comics, is sometime in your formative years you have to have a fish out of water experience, whether it be a divorce or going to another school or losing either a friend or a sibling or, or a move, leg. Yeah, or moving from one city to another country to another or something like that but you'll find that with with so many uh successful comedians because 
you don't know it at the time, but you become this fish out of water and you just start being a fly on the wall, objectively observing things. Mm-hmm. And then if you if you pair on top of that, having some type of um, underdogness to you, either being the little person or being bullied or just going through something to where you the power dynamic was not in your favor, then that uh, when you have that, that gives you a good X-Men Superman origin story or, as a comic. Yeah, yeah. That gives you a good movie, Fish Out of Water. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to get out of this that fish? What? Who? Fish Out of Water. Wasn't that the I one? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. We're going to wrap this podcast up. We've been in here a little people. over an hour. Plug your shit. You can find me, listeners, if you go stand up and look outside of your window right now. I'm probably right there looking at you, judging you. Did you like this podcast? Uh, John Armstrong on Facebook, uh, John Armstrong Comedy on Instagram, and uh, hopping around people's podcasts until I stop procrastinating and getting my own. Uh, yeah. And um, I perform anywhere that will hire me, and I have an open mic that I do at Hatfields. Any comics out there come out on Thursdays, and we throw shit against the wall and see if it sticks. That is The Floss. If you liked part one and two of this feature episode, you can watch full, raw, uncut video footage of the recording session by subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash theflosspod. I edit the shit out of these episodes, so you're going to get a ton of content that you don't get in the free version. Every episode of The Floss is recorded at Golden Ox Studio in Cleveland, Ohio. If you live in Cleveland and you need to say something into a microphone for any reason at all, do it at Golden Ox Studio. Jeremy's awesome, he cares a lot about Cleveland, and he'll give a huge shit about whatever you're making. I'm Gabe Gary, and thank you very much.